0: Thanks for joining Impact Boom on this episode.
1: This is where social enterprises work so well because you can actually use the funding which is generated through that business to power a community project or some other initiative which is doing good in the
0: world. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org, Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 256 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with David Painter. David Painter is the founder of the Gold Coast Tool Library, a fresh startup in the community sharing platform space. Frustrated and deeply saddened by Western society's over-consumptive habits, environmental destruction and ever-growing waste catastrophe, David called on his experience working in the charity and not-for-profit sector and sought out a way to provide a tangible, grassroots working example of how anyone can reduce their impact on the planet's finite resources. Embracing two of the circular economy's business principles of sharing platforms and product life extension, he engaged with the local community to secure inventory items, gather a volunteer team, and launch the Gold Coast's first tool library. Collaborating with other lending libraries around the country and internationally, David's aim is to assist others on a similar startup journey and help replicate the library model in any community that desires their own library of things. So in today's podcast, we'll discuss David's journey in leading the Gold Coast Tool Library and the lessons that he's learned along the way. We'll get David's advice about getting projects off the ground, establishing a social enterprise in the sharing and sector economies, and we'll also hear some great insights and tips from from david about sustaining community driven initiatives so david thanks very much for joining us
1: oh tom wonderful to be here thank you
0: so david look to kick things off let's talk a little bit about your background and what led you down the path of social enterprise and in particular a passion for the circular economy
1: yeah i've sort of always had a strong connection to nature and the, the natural cycles that exist in, in nature, because everything in nature is, is circular by design. Yeah. There's no such thing as waste in nature. Waste is a construct of man. We invented waste. Waste is something you do, not something that is. Mm. So there's a lot that we can learn from the natural cycles of nature and biomimicry. there. So connecting with nature, I sort of did a lot of volunteering and environmental projects through the years. Then I was lucky enough to see a presentation by Professor Will Steffen talk on planetary boundaries mm. and something really just clicked there and it was like, oh, why aren't we all operating from this mindset? Yeah. Then I discovered the SDGs and the UN Sustainable Development Goals and yeah, that is such a good framework to base so much of your projects and where you're operating from. It's mm. a good way to sort of explain to people too about, what's going on, Yes. then started to sort of explore sort of social equity and the triple bottom line and just how money as a force for good is so powerful in what we can do as consumers and as a business by the choice of how we run our businesses and what we do with our money, how we can change systems so much faster than than what a government or or your your local regional council can do. Mm. I did a stint working for a youth charity, sort of exploring more sort of social justice issues there then I was fortunate enough to meet Janie and Ashley Morris from Corio early last year and did their three-day uh, circular economy masterclass, connected in with QSEC, Queensland Social Enterprise Council and our local chapter and that here on, here on the Gold Coast. So I've then sort of been inspired by many people around me running social enterprises or circular economy sort of principles in their business and learning every day. And so that sort of inspired me that, okay, I want to do something that I can help show our local community that these are tangible steps that anybody can take. It's not difficult and together we can all make changes Mm. and help lead our world to a better place for us all to enjoy.
0: Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about the Gold Coast Tool Library then. Like what is it, how does it operate and what are the aims?
1: Yeah, so as the name suggests, we're a library, often called a, a library of things. So we operate the same way as a lending library but we lend hand tools, power tools we also lend, like sporting goods, camping gear, musical instruments, sewing machine, and some of those really useful sort of household items like things that you only occasionally use, but when you do need them, they're very useful, so mm. like a food dehydrator or a bread maker. So the other types of things that sit really well in a library inventory. So our premise there is to pull the community's resources in a central hub where people can draw on them and borrow what they need or when they need it. So rather than everybody having to have ownership of all these things, because everything we consume, as we know, has an energy debt associated with it. Mm. We dig materials, resources out of the ground. We chop down trees. We make packaging. We ship them around the world. So the energy debt accrued from everything that we own, and in lots of situations, it doesn't get used very often, and it just sits in our cupboard or in our garage gathering dust or we bought the next newer, later model. So there's the environmental benefits by cutting back on our overconsumption because as a society in our Western world, especially here in Australia, I mean, if everyone in the world lived like we lived in Australia, it would take 4.2 Earths to sustain us. Mm. Our overconsumptive habits are pushing past the the acceptable planetary boundaries and we are heading for a future that is not very enjoyable if we continue on our current trajectory. Mm. So pull those resources cut back on our consumption, but we can still have the enjoyment and the access to the things we need, but only when we need them. And the other part of our goals, which is very important to us, is there are a lot of people in our communities who simply just cannot afford to purchase these consumer goods and these items that they would like to have. But for the minimal cost of a library membership, they can come in and borrow five items every week. And they are not locked out by the simple fact of being lacking in dollars. Mm. So there's a sort of social equity around our resources that people who may not necessarily be able to buy these, but they can still borrow the family tent, some camping gear and a surfboard and go off on a big family holiday. Yeah. And then next week they can borrow the sewing machine because maybe they need to repair the kids' school clothes. And then the following week they can come and borrow something else. So money shouldn't be an object to us as a community having access to our resources. So that are two of the biggest sort of goals that we hope to achieve with this community platform.
0: Mm. David, we met a solid few years ago now, and at that stage, you're really at the, those initial planning stages of pulling this tool library together. And it has been a real inspiration to watch you really push through a bunch of boundaries and, and walls to, to get where you are today. So from your experience, what do you believe are the fundamental ingredients for this longer-term success when running a community-driven project?
1: I would say you need support from many. You and this podcast has been an inspiration by listening to what you have to say and offer, listening to the great people that you have on your podcast. You need the help from many people. You can't do all of this yourself. So I would say gather a strong community and network around you. A lot of collaboration is required. Quite often, too, with a community project, it's not like a business, like you're not in competition with anybody. So the more you can gather and collect support from others who have maybe further along that journey than yourself, they've been there and done that, gather some mentors, get support from community members around you, local businesses. And we need support from you know, all three levels of government. Our your local council level may potentially have the space you can operate from if you're fortunate enough one of the many few that do and we need the support there from from your state and federal with your bigger funding grants and sort of finances there but also policy like social procurement and things like that the dollars is obviously a fundamental agreement for these community projects and there's a lot of ingenuity you can go into there crowdfunding was a great success for us at the beginning because we needed to raise the money from scratch to get our insurances, our public liability insurances and volunteer insurance before we could actually even start operating. Mm. And two, this is where social enterprises work so well because you can actually use the funding which is generated through that business to power a community project or some other initiative which is doing good in the world. And I'd also say you need a healthy dose of stubbornness (laughs) (laughs) and, and a bit of tenacity and stoicism it's a roller coaster ride and when you're up you're up and universe gives like for like and all these wonderful things come flowing to you then you dive down the other side and you hit that that, that bottom universe seems to conspire then to keep kicking you when you're down yeah. so that's where a bit of stoicism just sort of help pull yourself together and your team around you which is there to help pick you up and get you going in because you put your hand up and said, hey, I'm going to do this. So you need to be able to sort of pull yourself together and get mm. back in and do that. And that's where a really good team, the collaboration of people around you. So the people within that team can play to their strengths because you can't do everything. Even though you may have to wear many hats, you can't do everything to, you know, by yourself. Yes. So a good team around you is definitely what I would say is the biggest requirement to make these types of projects sustainable for the long term
0: Mm, absolutely that's some great advice and you you talk about these low lows and the ability to push past them so personally speaking then what have been some of the greatest challenges in setting up the gold coast tool library (coughs) and how have you worked around them? probably our biggest challenge and it's a challenge that i've heard from from many
1: other libraries as well is is finding the space to operate from Mm. we can't afford commercial rent So we need to be finding a space on a peppercorn lease or collaborating, co-sharing with with someone else. Finding a space for us has been extremely challenging. I have pretty much exhausted all avenues through council. There's 30, 40 community groups in the queue for every council space that's available. Mm. So I then reached out to the private sector. So I thought that's got to be the only solution in the the short term. Mm. So I just sort of, Tried to earmark and sort of spot areas or places that I thought would be suitable and just cold, cold, just went and knocked on the door and introduced myself. I got a lot of no's, a lot of no's, but a lot of feedback of, hey, that sounds like a great idea and wish you the best of luck. So it kind of keeps you going. And eventually you knock on the right number of doors and someone sort of, you find someone who agrees with what you're doing and aligns with what you're doing. And Mm. we started to find that there was a couple of vacant tenancies starting to appear because of COVID and travel agents and things like that were all closing up their doors. So we actually nearly ended up with two spaces from gone from none. We nearly had two at the same time <laughs> in a in a retail establishment. They had some vacant space, and then a, a real estate agent had a bit of space adjoining their tenancy. And this real estate agent really sort of embodied what we're all about. Um, and so we're very very fortunate now to have a pop up space available for a peppercorn lease, which is the greatest thing we need to make this sort of these sort of community not for profit platforms work. Mm finances are obviously a great challenge as i mentioned the crowdfunding platform and sort of getting the community together was our way to start up and and get functioning which was an essential and probably the other sort of challenges and this is not unique to us it's across the board in not-for-profits volunteer charity spaces finding the ongoing volunteers to fill the roles you need there's been a bit of a shift and trend in volunteering to sort of like chunking where people like to come along and they like to Volunteer at an event or a project and then move on to something else. Mm. Trying to find those long term volunteers, yeah. especially at the board level with the skill sets that you need. Mm. That is a little bit of a challenge, but nothing that's unique to us. But on the other hand, donations of items has not been a problem at all. The community has been extremely forthcoming. Every single item in the inventory has been donated by the community, and those donations have just been flowing in. So we've got some great gear in the library now, and that's all come from the generosity of, of the local community.
0: That's fantastic. So what do you think there needs to be done to help accelerate this sharing economy movement and basically get mainstream society to move from this linear to circular economy?
1: This, I mean, the sharing economy movement is definitely gaining stream in, in lots of different areas. You've got to get community buy-in. I think that's the first thing. And there needs to be a trust, a trust around like, the quality of what is there to be, to be loaned. Mm. Because everybody knows, like, well, if I buy it, I know I'm going to look after it. And the next time I go to use it or need it, I know where it is. It's in my cupboard or it's in my garage. And I know the is that's there. So that needs to be there. And I think also, too, the offering, it needs to be better than what's currently there. Because to get people to shift, you've got to offer them something that's, that's better than what they're doing. And that can be it could be more efficient or the sharing option could be more flexible. It could be easier. It could be better valued. There's more environmental benefits and especially with our younger generations, they're looking to see conscious companies and have a purpose behind your business and and where your money, where their money that they are paying you is going. Mm. And I think too, there can be a little bit of a stigma or a belief that borrowing Mm. is the poor man's option and we need to sort of move past that because it might have come from the, the days where only poor people caught a bus because if you were wealthy, you had a car. Mm. Or if you were really wealthy, you had a chauffeur that drove your car for you. So it's shifting that mindset that sharing is actually a good thing to do. It's great for our environment. It's great for our community cohesion and networking. And the ability to share resources is the future. It's just that shift of mindset, I think, away from I need to own everything to it's okay to collaborate and share our resources yeah. And I think it's a maybe it's a little bit of a generational shift. It's sort of we go back to our grandparents, great grandparents, and that was perfectly normal. We've then gone through maybe the baby boomer, and myself as a child of a baby boomer, we've had that society where we had to own everything, and we had to buy, yeah. and our societal worth was based on how many goodies and items we had in our possessions. And it's shifting, and I think as the generation, as, as we move, and as our Gen Ys and Zs and everything become older and sort of become more mainstream into the decision-making processes of of influence, we'll find that it naturally sort of flows
0: through. There's some great insight there, David. So thanks for sharing that. So moving on a little bit to some other inspiring projects or initiatives, which ones have you come across recently which are creating some really positive social change?
1: Probably sort of following on the same theme of of waste diversion, which which is a passion of mine. World's biggest garage sale. Gaz, Lee, Donner and Wesley and the team there in Brisbane have been doing some amazing things in like reactivating dormant mm. goods in their circular economy precinct there. Yeah. They've done wonderful partnership there with one of the major chains of stationery and office goods and keeping items out of landfill and getting them back into the, into the societies for, for use. And they've done some great work through COVID there too where A lot of other businesses have been sort of winding down. They've been scaling up and now employing quite a number of young people who were potentially sort of struggling and finding their place in the world and they're sort of really doing well with that group of young people there. And yes, and the team there have been really inspiring to me in what they've been doing. Mm. The other ones say like reverse garbage here in Brisbane. Yeah, They've been intercepting industrial discards and high-quality waste So what is one person's waste is actually proving to be a resource for other people. Mm. And they do some really good stuff with education, uh, especially in early education, to explain, you know, the concept of what is waste, where does it come from, why do we have it, how can we not have waste, amazing stuff there.
0: And they've been doing Um, it for
1: years. Oh, absolutely. I think that's like 20-odd years um, they've been operating there. And they're a worker-owned co-op doing some really, really good and impressive things Mm. there. So that's a couple of Community organisations that I really sort of identified with, and I have found very inspiring on on my journey.
0: Wonderful. So to finish off, then David, tell us about some inspiring books or web pages or blogs that you'd recommend to our listeners.
1: Yeah, I tend to bounce around a bit and sort of do lots of different pieces. But bedside table at the moment um, is the book is our uh, drawdown by Paul Hawken. Mm. A lot of listeners probably be familiar with that one. That's a really good book because you can just sort of pick it up and thumb through it and just pick out a section and read about proven and scalable working examples of how we can really make a difference in scaling back carbon emissions, social and equity justice, environmental benefits and amazing good solutions there. So if you're feeling a little bit down, you can pick that up and you can have a read and, then, and feel good about the possibilities in the world. And I've also just been starting to explore with Kate Rayworth on donut economics because yeah. that kind of picks up the whole planetary boundaries and, and also yeah. the whole social and economic bit. And, yeah, there's some really, really good things there. It's probably – this is what I needed 20-odd years ago when my economics professor at university would be frustrated when I was asking weird questions because I didn't have the terminology back then to explain what I was trying to get at. And But, no, there's some great great stuff there in her work as
0: well. There absolutely is. David, there's some great books there. So thanks for sharing those. But importantly, thanks to you for sharing your really generous insights and time today. And best of luck in your onwards journey with the Gold Coast Library. Thank you very much, Tom. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org.